Hey, and welcome to the Mickey and Minutes podcast, the short Disney show. I'm your host, Nick Lazaga, and this is episode 51, Disneyland Doritos and the Frito Kid. Mine wants a bag of Fritos, Klondike. Any more left? Sure thing, Frito Kid, and plenty more where these came from. Hiya, pals. <laughs> Mickey Mouse here. And gosh, here's a few of my favorite sports songs. Coming at ya. In 1986, then-CEO of the Walt Disney Company, Michael Eisner, was having dinner with his wife and the first people to ever fly around the world without stopping, Dick Rutten and Gina Yeager. During a conversation about their flight, Eisner turned to them and asked, Now that you've accomplished the pinnacle of your aspirations, what could you possibly do next? Rutten responded by saying, I'm going to Disneyland. Eisner's wife later mentioned that I'm going to Disneyland sounds like a campaign slogan. This, of course, led to the idea for the now iconic Super Bowl tradition. The first player to ever say it was Phil Simms, MVP and quarterback for the New York Giants, after his team won the big game against the Denver Broncos in 1987. But this is not the only Disney connection to the Super Bowl. Another has to do with a very popular chip brand. On this episode, I'm going to tell you about how Doritos were actually invented in a little restaurant in Frontierland during the early days of Disneyland. On August 11th, 1955, during Disneyland's first year of operation, a restaurant called Casa de Fritos opened in Frontierland next to Aunt Jemima's Pancake House on New Orleans Street. It served authentic Mexican food and, of course, Fritos corn chips. But the highlight of Casa de Fritos was a statue of the official Fritos mascot, a blonde-haired boy dressed as a cowboy known as the Frito Kid. This Frito Kid was actually part of a really cool chip vending machine. When a guest put a nickel in the slot, the Frito Kid would move and talk, asking his friend Klondike, the miner, to send out a snack from the mine next to him. From the mine, guests would hear an echoey voice respond, followed by seeing a bag of Fritos coming down a slide. The Frito Kid and Klondike had a few different pre-recorded audio interactions that guests could hear, and you heard one of them already during the introduction to this episode. And if you're interested, with just a quick YouTube search, you can easily find the rest. In 1957, Casa de Fritos was relocated to a larger location near the popular Mine Train Through Nature's Wonderland attraction, which, if you're wondering, was eventually replaced by Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. The restaurant still featured the popular interactive Frito Kid chip vending machine, and the menu was still authentic Mexican, although the inclusion of a spaghetti and chili dish makes me question what they considered to be authentic Mexican. But the menu also specified that every order, of course, came with Fritos. But the Frito company didn't make all the authentic Mexican food for Casa de Fritos. 
For that, the restaurant contracted out a company called Alex Foods. This company was started back in 1906 when founder Alex Morales sold his wife's tamales out of a wagon. The tamales were so good that eventually the couple opened the restaurant, then a factory, and then eventually grew into a company now known as Don Miguel Mexican Foods, which was quickly parodied in Pixar's Ratatouille. But with that being said, Alex Foods was more responsible for the invention of Doritos than the Frito Company was. As the story goes, sometime in the 1960s, an employee of Alex Foods was making his delivery to Casa de Fritos in Disneyland when he noticed scraps of perfectly good tortillas in the trash. He thought that was wasteful, so he suggested that the cooks fry them up and serve them as tortilla chips instead of throwing them out. Disneyland guests fell in love with these tortilla chips at Casa de Fritos, so of course they decided to put them on the menu, but without really telling the Frito company they were doing so. Meanwhile, in 1961, the Frito company merged with the H.W. Lay Company to form what we now know as Frito-Lay, the company known today for such popular snacks as Fritos, Lays, Cheetos, Ruffles, Tostitos, and, you guessed it, Doritos. So how did they get from fried up Disneyland tortilla scraps to Cool Ranch and nacho cheese deliciousness? Well, basically what happened is, marketing vice president for the newly formed Frito-Lay company, Arch West, came by Disneyland to check out the Casa de Fritos operation, and noticed the customers enjoying the tortilla chips that they weren't officially making. So of course, he decided that they should mass produce them. At the time, they were plain flavored and had a golden color to them, so someone in the company had the bright idea to call them Doritos, which loosely translates to the little golden things. Naturally, Alex Foods was signed on to make the Doritos, and in 1966, Frito-Lay began officially selling them nationally. They were a hit right out of the gate and eventually grew so popular that Frito-Lay had to move production from Alex Foods to a larger production facility in Tulsa. And as they say, the rest is history. Casa de Fritos eventually changed to Casa Mexicana in 1982 and then again to Rancho del Zocolo in 2001, which it is still called today. The restaurant still serves traditional Mexican food, but now it also serves Western barbecue. Unfortunately, the Frito Kid and Klondike are no longer serving up bags of Fritos at the restaurant, and they now only exist as a piece of obscure Disneyland history. So, to tie it all together, if you watch the Super Bowl this year with your family or friends, be sure to let them know that those delicious chips they're eating actually started off as trash from a little restaurant in Frontierland in the happiest place on Earth. I hope you enjoyed that quick look at how Doritos tied back to a fun piece of Disneyland history. According to PepsiCo, the company that was formed when the Pepsi-Cola company merged with Frito-Lay in 1965, Doritos have been a Super Bowl staple for more than two decades now. And in my opinion, they pretty much always have one of the best Super Bowl commercials every year. Do you know of any other Disney connections to the Super Bowl? Let me know on Twitter at Making a Minutes. I believe Disney had their hands in a couple of halftime shows back in the day. Maybe I'll talk about those in the podcast next Super Bowl. Well, I hope everyone is staying safe and healthy, and I hope that this episode brought a little joy your way. Thanks so much for listening to the show. If you liked it, please rate it, review it, and subscribe to it on iTunes or Spotify. 
And of course, tell your fellow Disney friends about it. Look out for another episode very soon. You can follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Mickey and Minutes. Find us on YouTube for some Disney trivia and other fun videos. And check out MickeyandMinutes.com for show notes, exclusive podcast episodes, and more. Thanks again for listening to the Mickey and Minutes podcast. I'll see you next time. Bye.